Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. This is Issues 2020. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is City Manager, Wichita City Manager, Robert Layton. Welcome to Issues 2020. Thanks for being with us this morning. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, thank you, Steve. It's great to join you. You know, the world changed dramatically a few weeks ago with the COVID-19 pandemic. When did you first realize that the impact of this virus on Wichita City Hall was going to be major? When did you first get the hint that was going to be something? Well, you know, that's a great question. I I think we all saw a little bit uh, in January and February. We knew what was happening overseas, um, but it really wasn't until March. Um, I traveled to Washington, D.C. as part of our annual trip uh, to meet with uh, our legislative delegation and some federal agencies. And at that time, they were talking a little bit about it in uh, Washington, and uh, but they had not uh, done anything in terms of uh, any stay at home orders. Um, and it just didn't seem to have uh, become that much of an issue. Uh, we got back a lot more talk. And that was by mid-March, a lot more talk about it. Washington closed down um, shortly after we left. And if you remember, we had some council members quarantined. And from that point forward, uh, things moved very quickly. And um, we had to learn a lot about the disease, had to learn how it's transmitted and the impact it has on the community, and uh, started working with the county as they were coming up with plans uh, to move forward. But I'd say in a very short period of time, in a two- to three-week period, we started, We went from things look pretty good to how do we protect the community, how do we make sure we have a flatter curve uh, in order to, to protect our residents. And you, you mentioned the, I'd forgotten about that. Uh, we had city council members who were quarantined. Tell us about that a little bit. Right. Well, um, the, um, uh, before our delegation visit and our agency visit, uh, I had the mayor and a few council members that attended the National League of Cities conference, uh, which was being held in, in Washington as well. And it turned out that someone uh, that attended the conference uh, uh, was diagnosed uh, positive for COVID-19. And so they, the association, after we got back, sent out a notice, um, indicated that the person that had tested positive had attended the following sessions. If you had attended any of those, you may want to, um, to, as a precaution, may want to quarantine. And so the mayor and some of our council members that attended did do that. Was there? A, can you describe a, a first big holy smokes meeting you you were involved in where you thought we got to get a plan going? Was there one big meeting, or was just a, a series of small meetings to see this thing's coming on? 
It's really a series of small meetings. Um, To be honest with you, it's a lot like, I think, a tsunami warning, right? Um, You know it's out there and it's going to hit you, and so what do you do to prepare for that? And so, you know, in their case, they leave the coast. In our case, we had to start talking about um, what can we do uh, in terms of, first of all, what do we do with our city services? Um, and then what do we do to prop up the medical community and what do we do to support the county? Because ultimately they're the ones going to make the decisions. Um, so a lot of discussion back and forth uh, with county officials, especially, and then had the hospitals looped in early as well um, to talk about what we would have to do in order to try to, uh, to lessen the impact when it started to hit our area. How many city employees are involved in, in working from home? Um, that's, I don't know that I have the exact number. We do, um, I'm going to say, Steve, we probably have um, about half of our employees that have uh, worked from home. Okay, about half. All right. What did, Now, what yeah, kind of, because, yeah. go ahead. Well, what I was going to mention is, you remember, the governor um, designated city services as essential, and oh, yeah. uh, we had to determine um, which of our employees would continue to, to work in the field, work in our office building, and that, uh, because there was really no good way to work from home, um, or you know you can't uh, fix streets, um, it, you obviously can't do police and fire um, you know, remotely. So that and those are significant uh, uh, number of our employees. But the, most of our administrative staff and support staff uh, have been working from home. And what kind of logistics does that entail? I, I wonder if does does everyone have a computer? I presume almost everyone has one. Well, that's you know again a great question. Um, when uh, again, just like a tsunami warning, right? We had to start talking about what can we do to support people uh, to uh, working from their home. And first thing you, we had to do is make sure that we had appropriate security in place, that we had to increase our bandwidth. Because what, when you work from home, you come into our system, and so um, we have to make sure that we have um, enough capacity to be to handle all of that volume. Um, and then you have to sign a contract with uh, your um, supervisor that indicates that you have all the tools at home to be able to work remotely. And in some cases, we were able to provide laptops um, that are city-owned laptops. But in most cases, folks are using their own uh, equipment. Now, how has the pandemic impacted basic city services? Have you seen a slip in in basic services? Um, It's going to depend by department. Um, If it's public works, we're pretty much out there doing everything that we have uh, normally done. We're doing it in a different way, right? We've had to change our work practices, um, and we're trying to distance on site. Uh, People are wearing masks. But you shouldn't see much of a difference there. Police and fire were on the streets. Um, a big change in protocol. Uh, all of our firefighters, if they are on a, a medical call, they're wearing um, their uh, protective gear. Um, they um, are doing everything to keep themselves safe. And police officers responding to calls, but they are trying to refrain from going inside buildings and residents where where possible, meeting the person outside. Um, but other than that, it's pretty much um, uh, business as usual. Now, if you are parks and recreation, uh, we had to close our facilities. We had to stop our programming. So that department came 
to not a full halt, but really uh, we reduced our, most of our programming or eliminated our programming there. Same with the libraries, not a safe way to be able to, to uh, distribute materials, have people come in and browse and use the libraries. So they've been closed. Our convention center business is really down to, to zero or pretty close to it. No, nobody's using that facility. So again, it depends on the service. What about uh, municipal court in your building? Uh, you, you, I'm sorry, I forgot about court. Yes, the courts have been closed. Um, we've had uh, a core staff there processing uh, uh, what we would call the most severe cases, uh, domestic abuse and uh, some others that have required uh, some adjudication. But um, starting on the 26th, uh, court will be open and uh, there'll be a limited docket as we start to, to phase uh, back open. Now, has the building City Hall, has it been sanitized? And how do you do that? <laughs> it's, it is the cleanest it's ever been, Steve. We have, uh, we've brought on um, our, uh, some additional uh, cleaning uh, crews, and we go through the building, and they basically just continue to rotate through the building all day. And um, they, um, ha- they're sanitizing the elevators, all the public areas, and then um, the doorways, uh, entrances into offices. And uh, we also have a whole new set of protocols for conference rooms. Um, we've reduced the capacity of the conference rooms. And then after a meeting, the room is cleaned, uh, sanitized. Um, and it's really interesting. I, I know they're doing an effective job because some of our doorways um, in our building are um, – a mix of metal and wood, and I've noticed that all the varnish has been wiped off the wood where they've been doing the continuous cleaning to keep it sanitized. So it's um, it's a challenge, and uh, uh, but they're, uh, our crews are just doing a wonderful job. Well, do they have and to? It's important. It's, yeah. Do they have to take like I've got a box here of these wipes from Clorox? Do they just have right. thousands of those that they wipe everything down? That sounds like that's a lot of work to me. It, it is a lot of work, and that's exactly what they do. It's not just uh, wipes, but also a spray and um, a system that the. And of course, we have to keep them protected too, right? So um, they've got to have masks and gloves uh, that they're wearing and they're changing out as well. And um, yeah, it's it's going to be expensive. The good news is that the federal government um, is uh, providing us some assistance for those additional expenses, and we're documenting everything that was unbudgeted that. Um, is now kind of a way of life for us to be able to protect our residents and, and us. So how, how has this impacted the, uh, the city council meetings? Uh, you're still doing them in the chambers, separate. How, how are you doing that? Yeah, um, it, that's been an, an ongoing uh, learning experience. Um, we, I think our staff has done a, a wonderful job to uh, continue to adapt that process so that, um, first of all, we can have a safe meeting and with the governor's a restriction that was at 10 for um, up until just uh, yesterday, and I guess we're at 15 now. It's really impossible to have the public in the in the, the room. So what we now have is we have the council um, uh, appropriately distanced in the council chambers, uh, and then the city attorney and I are in those meetings, and then uh, we have a room adjacent to that where we have up to 10 staff members that then make presentations remotely to the council. And now we've also opened up two um, rooms in Century 2. So if you're uh, a resident and you want to speak to the council, 
you can go to Century 2 and you, there's a podium there and council can then communicate with you directly, remotely, um, so that we can continue to have public input. Uh, and that's a process that's evolved over time. Um, and uh, you also have the freedom to send in an email by eight o'clock the morning of the meeting, and we'll read that into the, that'll be read into the record. All the mayor, the mayor, and all the council members have uh, copies of those emails as well. And so, lots of ways to input. You can also monitor the meeting um, live if you don't want to participate, but just want to hear what's going on. So, in the case of your rather large office, uh, your office with a four-inch shag carpeting, does that present any challenge to, <laughs> challenge to the workers? Yeah. Yeah, let's be clear. That's a four-inch orange shag that was put in in the 1970s. Um, orange, yeah. We're pretty frugal. Yeah, yeah, uh, we're frugal. All right, um, well, you got to have a sense yeah. of humor about some of this stuff, I guess, really. <laughs> you really do, or else it's going to drag you down. You're listening to Issues 2020 on the Intercom radio stations, and our guest is Wichita City Manager Robert Layton. Uh, and you were talking about some special procedures for police and fire and 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 uh, people who uh, contact uh, city employees and city employees who contact the public. You mentioned that a minute ago. Uh, let's talk about some other issues that are going on right now. What what's going on with the with the new Riverfront Stadium with no wind surge opening season, which we were so looking forward to. By the way, wow, man, I, I it's uh, and the stadium is beautiful. I I think um, the community is really going to. Um, be fond of this um, this building. It's uh, I, I just can't wait until we get activities in there because and to have a chance to show off the building to uh, all of our uh, residents um, and, and everybody you know, you know who um, whether they're a baseball fan or they want to go to a concert or whatever. There's just going to be so many opportunities. Um, we're on, we're on hold. Um, the team is leasing office space from us um, for their um, uh, corporate offices. But other than that, the, the building is still owned by the city. Uh, the um, uh, team has not taken over management of it yet because we're still under an order that would prohibit them from being able to use the facility. Um, but we're um, fortunate. We were very conservative in the way we put together our um, debt on the building, and uh, we're able to make all the debt payments uh, this year. And uh, uh, there's really nothing uh, out of the ordinary in terms of um, where we um, how we handle the financing. The, the, the strange part is we have a beautiful empty stadium. Well, I, just as as a layman looking at this, I mean, you, you've got to you've got to have some lost revenue by not having a baseball season, some lost revenue to the city. Um, I would think because you don't have people going to the games. Uh, but still, do you think you've got that uh, you've got that uh, taken care of and in, in your budget and so forth? We we do. Um, we were cautious because we didn't know how the first season would ramp up. We were, you know, guardedly optimistic, but um, we, I won't get into the weeds on it, but we structured the debt so that it was, uh, of a, it was minimal in the first uh, year, two years of the, of the stadium operation. Um, we're out sales tax, uh, which helps pay off debt. Um, and, and, you know, we would love to have that revenue. Um, uh, but really, most of our other um, revenue sources, we should be fine um, if this has to push into next year. Can we use a stadium come fall, come autumn? You know, it's really going to depend on the virus. Um, you know, it's going to dictate what we can do. It, I, I don't think that you're going to have a, a packed stadium with 10,000 people. 
And until there's a vaccine, I think what we're going to see, um, and we're seeing this play out around the country, we're going to see much more um, limited spectator sports or spectator activities. And it may be that, you know, every third seat is occupied. I, I, I don't even want to speculate on how we would do it safely. We're going to work with the team to find out, uh, uh, to, to identify best practices and ways that we can put that stadium into use. Um, I just think it's, it would be a shame to have that asset set empty be, uh, until next spring. And uh, so we're committed to try to find some ways to make that work. And we've already had some people approach us about um, even renting the, the facility so they can have a large outdoor event. Hmm. Um, where fingers crossed some things like that will come through. The pandemic pandemic is, is going to have an impact on revenue for the city, as you've talked about that. Uh, uh, how big a hit do you see uh, for the city as far as revenue? A million, 10 million? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, it's, it's, it's just this year in 2020, it will be more than 10 million, where it's going to be anywhere from 10 to 12 million. And then um, we look at a revenue loss that could be as high as 19 million next year. Uh, in 2021. So that's really significant for us. And that's just in the general fund. Uh, and that's what funds most of our basic services. Um, we're going to be meeting with the council um, on uh, May 26th and uh, go through a number of um, scenarios on how we could possibly uh, bring that into balance. Uh, but that's that's larger than any of our deficits for, uh, for during the uh, recession dating back to 2009, 2010. Um, so it could have a significant impact on our uh, operations. Right, so, but the city's had, a, uh, and the county, they've had a real good record of not raising taxes. Uh, do, you, do you think there'll right. be any tax increase associated with this? Ultimately, the council will make that decision. But, I, Steve, if I had to guess right now, I would say no. I, I don't believe that the council uh, will be inclined to move in that direction, and partly uh, because of the economic conditions of, in this area. I mean, we've got over 40,000 people right now that are uh, unemployed or furloughed. And I think it's actually that number continues to rise. This would be the worst time for us to recommend a, a property tax uh, increase. So we're going to look at um, what we have to do in terms of changing our expense side. And it probably means it's, we're going to have to sacrifice in terms of programming. And I'm, what I'm telling people is that we should look at this as a maybe a two or three year um problem. It's not a structural problem in terms of, uh, you know, a recession that'll take us a long time to get out of. It was, it came and hit us in a kind of an artificial way. And it just, we may wind up discontinuing, discontinuing some programs for a couple of years with the understanding that they could come back then as we start to rebound. Well, do you anticipate, or do you think you'll get any uh, budget help from the state or federal government? Do you think they'll throw any, throw any money your way? Well, we've been talking to our congressional delegation, and you know, to be honest, Steve, we are represented by some great people, uh, both um, on the House side and Senate side, and they've been keeping in touch with us. They know what our financial difficulties are. They know what Central County is going through. I, I don't know um, for sure whether or not there's going to be federal assistance. Um, state's going to be hard-pressed to give us any funds, but um, it's possible um, the next uh, stimulus bill that's being discussed in D.C. Um, has a component for uh, local government assistance, uh, recognizing that what we're going through, every city around the country is going through, especially the larger cities. Um, but we're going to build our budget as if that money's not coming in. And if it, and again, um, it's a January one budget. So 
if we get assistance after the council's adopted the budget in August, um, and then we'll go ahead and we'll be able to backfill, and, and that'll prevent some of the service cuts. Are the city's biggest projects going forward as planned? You had some, you had some on the table there. You're working on. Are they going ahead? Um, there are some projects that were pretty far into um, not just planning, but the design work was done. Some had already started been, or hit the street on bids uh, for bids. Those projects will go through, but everything else is on the table. Um, council has reviewed um, initially all of our capital projects, and we've delayed a number of projects by one, two, even three years. Um, again, recognizing that we're not going to see sales tax. We could see a dip in property tax in the future. Um, so we're we're pretty prudent, um, and that may be disappointing to some folks. Uh, you know, one of the things we're looking at is what to do with um, our pool um, renovation projects. Um, and there are some that were already out to bid, and we're going to get those done, uh, but and some splash pads as well. But whether or not phases two and three of that project will go forward, well, you know, that's something the council will uh, ultimately decide in terms of how we balance our capital budget as well as our operating budget. I presume there's going to be phase four as the last phase. Uh, will, will that mean that city phase four, the city goes back to normal operations? Yes. Okay. Yep. And, you know, right now we're opening um, our, we're, we're starting our opening on May 26th and many of our facilities will be open um and we're going to do it incrementally. Uh, if you're in our buildings in May and June, uh, you'll be required to wear a mask. And what we found from CDC is that if you wear a mask and I wear a mask, there's probably or there's over a 90% protection rate. And so we know that you can come and do business with us safely and our staff can stay healthy if we're all wearing masks. So that's the, we're going to take that first step. We're also going to limit the number of people that are allowed onto into parts of our buildings, right, so that people can appropriately distance. But we recognize there are folks that have to do business with us, and we really can't stay closed, um, you know, through the summer. Um, so we'll start ramping up in May, and by July 1, um, we should have all of our operations up and running um, except for those that may be impacted by finance um, where we've had to, to continue to, to stay closed. How have you personally handled this stay home order? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you know, um, it's interesting because it's, you know, we're crisis management is really um, uh, kind of a, uh, an art and a science, but when you have so much coming at you, you don't have time to think a lot about it, except that I just have a change in work environment. I, I work out of, out of my home um, more than I'm in the office, um, and that'll start to transition. I'll start to transition back into City Hall more, um, as all of our employees do. But, you know, it's really more for me about time management, because I could spend um, uh, probably 12 hours a day working on the issues that are in front of us, whether it's helping with, um, uh, with the, the county's efforts and what they're doing and making sure they have support from us. Uh, we've been working with the private sector a lot. I'm really proud of the way this community has come together to work on issues. Uh, we learned as we were, uh, as the governor is moving into the next phase of opening, we learned that small businesses were having a hard time getting masks and, and uh, other um, protective uh, equipment for their employees. 
So our purchasing staff uh, worked with the Chamber of Commerce and some other organizations to identify vendors and then to get quotes from those vendors so that the small businesses wouldn't have to worry about that. And they could just go to a vendor list, see what the prices are, and then make orders themselves. And so, it's, you know, we're really happy to be able to, to provide additional help outside of our normal area because I think we have some expertise and some great people that can do that. But it's, it's been great to see how people really rallied around, got organized, and are really working hard to move the community forward. Now, at least you've had some good weather, and you probably got out to do some running, and that, that helps a lot. People are getting some exercise. So. And it, yeah, I'm haven't, sure, haven't missed a day. <laughs> I'm sure if, yeah. if you're home like me watching Turner Classic Movies, you've seen Mildred Pierce 14 times now. And <laughs> you've had enough. You know? <laughs> well, listen, best, uh, best of luck to you. Again, we have no idea where this thing is going to finally wind up, but it looks like we're uh, many of us uh, in the city and county are we're trying to stay on top of it. We appreciate your efforts, and, uh, and thanks for being with us this week. Uh, our guest. It was my pleasure. Yeah. Always fun, right? Our guest, Wichita yeah, City Manager, you. Robert Layton. And uh, that's all for this edition of Issues 2020. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 